Merry Christmas Eve day. It's episode 517 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. I'm here today with a very special guest, Levi Weaver, Rangers beat writer for The Athletic, talking about what the Rangers did this winter. All that and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's episode 517 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. You are Locked On to the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Paddock. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day. If you're not already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube or wherever the heck you get your podcast. Today, joining me on the show, first time on YouTube since we have made the move to YouTube, several time guest, Rangers expert, baseball expert, sleepy man, fellow sleepy man. Levi Weaver of The Athletic. How you doing, buddy? 517, Bryce. That's, man, that's exhausting. It's a lot. I'm really proud of you. Thanks, man. I, episode 500 was supposed to be this really special one. I was going to get Morgan back on. I haven't had her back on since since she left to go do her own thing, and she's Although doing she well. And then uh, she had a cold, and she couldn't join me to record mm-hmm. on, on Sunday. And then it happened to be that was when Corey Seager signed. So I was like, nope, nothing special, just Corey Seager signing. And uh, we're going to go have fun with that. But um, you've I, been having fun with I, that. I just want to apologize to Morgan because I said that's what she gets as a joke. And then you said she got a cold, and I just don't – that's not <laughs> – <laughs> Breaking news, Levi Weaver hates Morgan Price. You've heard it here first on the Lockdown Rangers. Wow. Um, Some some hard-hitting stuff. You didn't think we'd get some breaking news this week of Christmas, but um, here we are, breaking all the news. Merry Christmas to nobody. I hope Morgan gets a cult. <laughs> and, uh, none of these things. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Whoa, it's, good. it's good, it's good to have you on, buddy. And, uh, you, first cup of coffee yet. You took... Uh, we were going to this last week, but um, I, I I figured I'd let you actually take your your week of vacation and not think about this silly baseball team. So now I'm forcing you to come back when you are not on vacation and talk about this silly baseball team. And there mm-hmm. has not been a whole lot in the two weeks since. I I was worried that there might be some huge breaking news that um we might miss out on. But well, you know, kind of. Kind John of? Blake is stepping back. John Blake is no longer the primary point of connection. What? For Rangers. No, have you not heard this? What? Yeah, he is no. uh, he's still going to be the official spokesman for the Rangers, but he is stepping back in his day to day. So it's going to be Rich Rice. He's the he's the primary PR, like as far as us talking to players and like their immediate interactions with us. It's going to be Rich now. Uh, so there's some breaking news for you that uh, wow. John, Blake, John Blake is not going to be the guy that you hear on camera. Any more questions? Questions in Japanese. Uh, wow. Um, he is taking a much deserved uh, reduction in, I don't mean much re- deserved in that like, in a, in a that's what you get. Sorry. <laughs> he's been doing this for a long time. He deserves a little bit of a break and now he's going to get one. So well. he'll be doing things like, um, you know, when you get the, the older players coming back or like the Rangers Hall of Fame, things like that, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. be involved with. But uh, the day to day, yeah, no more, no more of that. So, wow, 
that we really did get some breaking news here, and I did not expect it. Um, but we had quite a bit of actual breaking news several weeks ago. The Rangers having the most expensive offseason in the history of baseball. And I, I want to, first off, issue a, you a formal apology um, for talking trash on you and the other beats of, like, why are these guys buying into all of this front office hooey of, oh, they're going to spend money. I was like, no, no, these these guys have, have bought into the Kuwait. I don't know if JD and CY, it, it feels weird they're calling them CY. They're trying to make it a JD thing anyway. But I was like, they have, I don't know if they bought them dinner or, like, I don't know, gave them hush money or some inside sources, but I don't believe them. They're full of it. And then, and then, then they did. And you guys were all right. And I felt like a, a great big dummy. So um, apologies yeah, I, for here's the, the thing. trash talking. Here's the thing on that is that John Daniels specifically is, I, I will give him credit for this. He has never directly lied to my face that I know of. Um, there will be times when he, avoids a question there'll be times when he is like i prefer not to talk about that there'll be times when he goes you know our plan for next year is to be competitive and then you can go back and go well you know i didn't lie i wanted this team that we're rebuilding to compete you know like we're technically competing out there so that's competitive but he doesn't lie like and so much credit to him for that and so when he said you know basically we're planning on spending you know, we're, we're sick of losing. It's time. And and Chris Young, you want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He's new. But for him to say we're going to spend you know, commensurate to the size of the market that we're in. And even John Daniels said, like, if fans are like, hey, I don't believe you. I'm going to wait and see. Let's I'll believe it when I see it. I totally get that. Um, when you start to hear those sorts of things, you're like this sounds different. These are different words that they're using. If they don't go and do it right now then that's going to break this streak. Like that would have been a lie at that point. Mm. Uh, so, you know, credit to credit to John Daniels, who I, I, and, and, you know, Chris Young passed the first, the first test, right? Like the Rangers front office for all of the problems that I have with uh, various aspects of the organization, I will say this, like the front office is like, there are some pretty good people in there. And, and I think, um, yeah. So anyway, credit to them. And if you ever, yeah, like there'll be times you hear me say, I think, or, uh, you know, I think this team might be better than people give it credit for. That's my opinion. Um, but if you hear that level of confidence of like, no, I, I believe that what the front office said, they said this, I think that's really what they're going to do. Um, yeah, that that I think hopefully you can, you know, put that one in, in the column where we can believe Levi's reporting at this point. So. Well, I mean, I believe you're reporting, but uh, I can also believe, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but... Uh, I you mean, could also believe that we're getting bad information, and that's yes. completely fine, right? Yeah, like, and I mean, like, I mean, the the little time that I, I worked on the uh, the Mavs beat, there was a lot of of legit dis disinformation, and uh, mm -hmm. Donnie Nelson himself, the, the former Mavs GM, said himself, like, Oh yeah, when, when what you hear from us around like trade deadline time and around like uh, draft time and like the beginning of free agency, like just straight up don't believe it. Like just don't believe it. And I was like, okay, wow. I appreciate I, you like I telling did. us to your face that you're lying to us. It helps make it easier to suss so yeah. out what you're actually trying to say when you say the things that you say. I did. I did have one member of the front office when when Jeff Bannister was out, you know, and I had that. 
I had the information that he's done. He is going to be fired. Um, and so I was asking one member of the front office about it, uh, about something else. And then I turned off my recorder and I said, hey, I'm not looking for a quote here. I have the story. We're going to run it. But I just need confirmation. Like I only have, like, I don't, I need confirmation. Bannister's out, right? And the guy goes, uh, no no uh he's our he's our guy you know and you could tell that he was lying <laughs> um, that person is no longer with the organization um but that was the that was the time that i was like okay i i know that i can't fully trust what i'm hearing from this specific person um so yeah that's but of people who are still with the org uh i have not to my knowledge um gotten a direct lie so yeah, uh, breaking news. Uh, Rangers front office member fired for lying to Levi Weaver. <laughs> um, but we're talking about Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. We're going to get more into that with Levi Weaver coming up right after this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or, you know, even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor covered in chocolate, amazingly low calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but it's high in protein. It's fantastic. There's a bazillion different good flavors. You know, they can give you that extra fuel while you're doing your last minute shopping. I know uh, I'm usually a last minute shopper. Somehow this year I was not, but uh, that's because I knew to get some Built Bars and uh, call it a day. It's a, I mean, it's not the only present that I'm getting, but it, it's a good, it's a good stocking stuff or a good thing to have around the holidays. You know, everyone's got their own flavors. So, so don't, don't bring up your favorite flavor. Don't fight about it. There's no reason, no reason to fight. It's the season of giving and giving some built bars. Tell Santa to throw a few built bars in those stockings. They're great stocking stuffers. There's so many flavors they can make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. You know, if you like those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on some built bar puffs. They are light. They are fluffy. They're marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good. You won't believe that they're filled with protein. So our listeners can go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your, your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And now back to my talk with Levi Weaver. And we are back with Levi Weaver, the beat writer for The Athletic about the Texas Rangers, longtime baseball writer and appreciator. We're here to talk about the most expensive spending spree in the history of baseball and therefore the best offseason ever by any sport ever. Is that I mean, is that what people are saying, Levi? Somebody just said it. <laughs> Um, but the most expensive acquisition in this offseason of spending is Corey Seager. Obviously, the guy is a phenomenal player, finished top 10 in MVP voting in 2020, had a great season or postseason in Globe Life Field in that very weird postseason where the Dodgers mm -hmm. won it all in 2020. Um, but you wrote a story about how the Rangers were able to land these guys. And um, and I want I'm curious as to what your thoughts are, how they land these guys, besides the very obvious um, spending a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's your ticket to admission, right? If you're not willing to spend that kind of money, then you don't even really get to have the conversation. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I, I posted this on Twitter when I posted my article and the, the headline, you know, how did the, how did the Rangers basically sign half a billion dollars worth of players? And it's, it is the people. And I, I still think that that's, a huge part of it but everybody the immediate response was like they paid him a lot of money duh like, well, yeah, <laughs> yes yes 
but other teams also have money. And how did the Rangers convince uh, these free agents that this was the place to come? And I, I do think that the people involved are are important. You know, I, I think Chris Woodward has built a culture here that, like, okay, so we talk about bias, right? And how like sometimes things work and sometimes things don't work. And I want to be I want to be objective about this. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll just lay my biases right out in the open. I hope that Chris Woodward's method works because it makes sense to me, right? Like he's very, um, Hey, we played a bad game rather than just like go in the locker room and be mad about it and flip over a a table of food. Let's talk about it. What do we do wrong? How can we fix it? We're going to have these conversations every day and let's not afraid. Let's not be afraid to fail. Let's try things. Let's see what's, you know, he's, he's an over communicator almost. Um, and is not like the angriest that I have seen him get in front of us is when he felt like the team wasn't like when they were in, um, well, it wasn't Toronto, it was Buffalo. Right. And he said, this is unacceptable. Like we just can't afford to do this, but he wasn't even throwing his players under the bus because he was like, I, by the way, I already said this to them. This is not a surprise to them. What I'm saying to you, um, there's no defensiveness there. Like when we ask him a question about X player, not performing, he, he's not automatically defending the player, but if he does say anything negative about a player, it's not that he's blowing that player up in the press. He has already had that conversation with them. You know, it's like, yeah, there's no sense avoiding this conversation. We can all see he struck out 10 times in his last 11 at bats. So any scouting report that I'm giving you, the other team has that scouting report. Let's just say it. Right. So for me, that makes my job easier. There's less, trying to pry or trying to like feel like if I ask a question that puts a player in a slightly negative light that I'm going to get yelled at. Um, that's great. And so I hope that works. Long story to say that I think that players see that sort of um, culture. The Rangers just signed him to an extension. Uh, I think they see that culture and see the way that he deals with his players with respect, treats them as equals, treats them as peers. He was a player. Chris Young was a player. And I think that that, as much as that maybe shouldn't matter, I think it does matter. And so, um, yeah, I think the culture that the Rangers have built here uh, is one of, of sort of mutual respect, one of treating people like people. And then of course, you know, the facilities for whatever that's worth, like, Look at Marcus Simeon. He's played most of his career in either the Oakland Coliseum or Toronto, which really they played Slash most Buffalo. Of the season in Buffalo. For him to come in and see like this brand new state of the art stadium with the workout room being what it is, and then you know there's nap rooms and there's I mean it's it's ridiculous. We got to finally tour it recently and for the first time. Um, yeah, I mean I, I think that counts for something, right? So uh, and then for Seeger, I think having that relationship with Woodward from their time in Los Angeles um, means a lot. I mean, and maybe again, you have to give people a chance, right? You have to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and assume that they're not lying to you maybe with a bit of skepticism. So there's a bit of skepticism mixed in, but I have to take him at his word that, I mean, he said up front, yeah, my relationship with Chris Woodward from our time with the Dodgers was important to me. Um, So, you know, if there are two teams offering 10 years and $325 million and you happen to like the manager of one team, Maybe that counts a little, a little bit. So, um, yeah, I do think that the culture of people is important, and um, and I like what they're I like what they're building. 
Yeah. Um, something that, that struck me in his press conference um, is how he's talking about his, his oldest brother. And I didn't realize that there was a third Seeger brother. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just Kyle and, uh, and Corey. And I was like, oh, there's a third one of you. Yeah, Justin, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is Justin. And I forget where they were. But um, Chris Woodward always strikes me as a guy with very similar vibes to uh, Ted Lasso. And so I, I started a bit at the end of the season. There's been no more Chris Woodward quotes for me to extend the bit of uh, reading every Chris Woodward quote in Ted Lasso voice. And um, and I, I feel like he would really appreciate that show if he, if he hasn't watched it already. Like That's I, funny. I, I asked him last year if he had seen it, and he said he hadn't started it, but planned to this offseason. So we'll, we'll catch up with him and see. Um, if he's watched it yet the only like the only reason i felt bad making that um comparison right. was two reasons one ted lasso didn't really know anything about the sport that he was coaching <laughs> um so you know let's give chris woodward credit he was a major leaguer for quite a while <laughs> um and then two of course and this is what makes i think ted lasso a great show is that his positivity was kind of toxic positivity where he was like covering up this big breakdown that he was about to have. And I really hope that's not the case for Chris Woodward. I don't think it is. He seems very authentic in his, um, in his, uh, what's the word that he uses? He's like a, a positivity warrior. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's a breakdown coming and we're going to get to see, you know, Ted Lasso season two play out with the Rangers. Uh, but I, oh, gosh. <laughs> it be very emotional. I don't, I don't know how I would deal with that if I was in the clubhouse, like, Oh man, you okay, Woody? Like he's just gonna like leave in the middle of a game. <laughs> yeah, because he's got uh, intestinal issues. Yeah, let's, let's hope the... that's let's hope that's not coming. Just uh, tell just tell him not to eat a whole bunch of spicy Indian food um, before games. I feel like that might solve it. Yeah, and you know what? He hasn't cooked us any biscuits yet either. So <laughs> there, it starts well, to fall apart if you really put it under close examination. Hey, um, well, he hasn't watched the show yet. Maybe in spring training, that's when the biscuits are coming. I will say. Or maybe maybe he cooks them for uh for the boss for leadership. Yeah, he just you know comes up to Ray Davis and offers him some lemon biscuits. <laughs> um, I mean, after the spending spree that Bob and Ray went on, I I think he, he might should. owe them uh, a couple of uh, biscuits with the boss. I will um, say, uh, Kennedy Landry, the the MLB dot com reporter, she actually last year went and found that like online the ted lasso biscuits recipe and made them and brought them to the press box oh and they were delightful well, that's great there's yeah. actually a, a shop in dallas um, i follow them on instagram that uh that makes the ted lasso biscuits and has like a whole deal i need to go find out where it is and, and go get some because um they look absolutely delicious and i need to try them but um we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna talk all about Marcus Simeon and Corey Seeger with Levi Weaver of The Athletic. Right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through college bowl season all the way to the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot, spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the website with your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. They've got basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available this season. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. And now, back to my talk with Levi Weaver 
of The Athletic. And we are back on this Christmas Eve date with Levi Weaver, beat writer of The Athletic, um, beat writer of of the Rangers, um, talking about Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. And, I'm sorry. Uh, I have to explain why. Like, I don't, I, I'm sorry to break down the fourth wall. I have to explain why I'm laughing because Bryce just goes, like, I don't have a water bottle here, but I've got a Willie Nelson candle that I'll use. Uh, <laughs> we'll be right back after this break from our sponsors. And we're back. And it's <laughs> like so fast. Uh, for all of you watching, you got a whole commercial. I just got to watch Bryce take a drink from his water bottle, and then we were back. It was jarring. Uh, was, okay, carry on. Th- this is this is how the sh- show business works, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these these special things that the audience doesn't want to see, and you just destroyed my fourth wall, and uh, I, I it will just, never like, ever. It's recover. like being on the Fallon show, right? Where he's like, "We'll be back with our next guest," and then it's me, and you've just taken a drink of water, so it's <laughs> nothing like I expected. Was, where's uh, your band my band uh yeah. well i i have a, a soundboard that i i use songs in in post um okay. to to add we have a music give me some, do i get something jazzy uh when you introduce me like really I mean, like tempo, a lot of ride symbols i mean i've got i've got two songs that i that i hit i mean i i thought about switching it up because we have a few more songs but I mean, it's a lot more. I have to listen to the songs. I got to, like, you know, adjust the volume and the settings mm. and all that nonsense. And, you know, I, I got it's my tried, tried and true, too. Um, and then my outro, my intro and outro music. So, yeah, um, you don't get 517 episodes done by being so meticulous. You just got to. I got you, you got to. Sometimes you just got to crank them out. And, uh, you know, the week of Christmas is, is time for cranking out. But, you know, who cranks out things? He cranks out homers. Corey Seeger and Marcus Simeon, two guys who. Um, That's not. Uh, that was, the, <laughs> was a way to get there. Um, but Corey Seager before this year had the most home runs in Globe Life Field. And um, tell me a little about Corey Seager, things that, that Rangers fans might not know about him um, because he's been with the Dodgers for several years. He's not even been in the division or in the league, um, mm-hmm. the right the right league, the um, league with a correct DH, which will be both of them probably after this. Um what is something that you have found out about Corey Seager that you found interesting since, um, I guess, studying uh, Let's see. He's got whatever. a pet turtle named Gerald. He has a secret <laughs> life in Serbia, and he flies airplanes. Um, no, 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 none of this. We got to talk to him one time, and it was very, <laughs> very fast. So um, one, of, one of the things that like I think is, is interesting about Seager, for, for a 10-year and you know 30, basically what amounts to $32.5 million a year, I don't know if he's going to play shortstop that whole time because his shortstop defense was really good for the first few years in the league. And then he had surgery. I believe it was. I, I wrote, yeah. Yeah. Um, defense hasn't quite been the same since. And so I do wonder, you know, you've got Isaiah kiner Falefa on the team. Clearly that you don't sign somebody to that contract and not let them play shortstop. But I do wonder I wonder how long that's going to last and at what point the conversation happens. And by that point, maybe it's not kind of Falefa because, you know, you got to make room for him somehow. So, um, and what I mean by that is that like, if you're bouncing kind of Falefa around, you probably, he's probably the starting third baseman in 2022. Um, but then, you know, Josh Young is coming. So where are you going to put kind of Falefa because Marcus Simeon's at second base, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, that's that's my big question mark about Seager. The the bat it looks like is going to play um, if he's healthy. Maybe the defense comes back to a place where because he was a Gold Glove candidate, I think 
I, I'm going to have to just look here and see, but I, I think, um, and this is me vamping terribly as I search this up on baseballreference.com. Um, okay, no, I take that back. He's a Silver Slugger uh, winner in 2016 and 2017. was an all-star both of those years. I mean, he was a rising superstar, and the, the injuries have kind of... Um, have have it's yeah it's the defense that i'm worried about so we'll we'll see um hopefully he is healthy and will play great defense and will be a superstar for the rangers to come if not i could see a world in which he slides over to third base maybe josh young goes to second base and marcus simeon is the shortstop or if it happens quickly i could see seager at third young at second maybe simeon at first base and kind of mm-hmm. Uh, but, you've, but you've got options I and mean, you've got all these young guys coming up too that are all middle infielders although probably most of them project to be second basemen and will probably i would not be surprised to see them be traded for starting pitching um there wasn't a whole lot about Corey seager there sorry we just we only got to talk to him one time and uh i'll know a lot more in spring training fingers crossed oh gosh yeah i'm hoping there is spring training because I, I would like very much like to go for the first time It'd be a lot of fun but uh marcus simeon is the other big name um that i was really excited about he had about the best season like make one of like the best bets on himself that he could have made like a one-year 18 million dollar dealer like no i know i'm better than what i showed in 2020 that 2019 was for real and uh he had uh, about the best season you can have and finished third in mvp voting that you could possibly have i mean he set records for most home runs as a second baseman, won the Silver Slugger and and the Gold Glove, um, was an All Star for the first time in his career, and he feels like the veteran presence, the guy that they were really looking for, and the domino that obviously made Corey Seager come here. Is is that kind of um, production? Do you think going to be about what what the Rangers expect, or is it going to be like that was like you know peak year? He's going to go more, back to more of like what he did in 2019, like the 33 home runs and like an 892 OPS. Yeah. So what's wild about Simeon is like he bet on himself after 2020, but he had been on a pretty good progression um, and just had a, an off year in 2020, which I, I'm not, not, I'm sorry if anybody, I had an off year in 2020, right? Like who didn't have an off year in 2020? I, I have um, no idea who didn't. <laughs> oh yeah. Corey Seager, I guess. Uh, but it's, he was he finished third in MVP voting in 2019 as well. So, you know, if you get a guy that's got an 892 OPS and hits 33 home runs for you and plays all 162 games at second base, I think you'll take that. Um, that's a that's a pretty good player, potentially an All Star. And um, yeah, it's just if the question about Seager is his defense, the question for me about Simeon, I, I honestly didn't consider him a possibility at the beginning of the offseason. When, when we started to look at these shortstops, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, I would have said those two were the two most likely to come. Um, Javi Baez, I never really considered to be an option here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Corey Seager seemed like, yeah, they would probably like him a lot too. Semyon to me seemed too old because he's 31 years old. Like by the time the Rangers are contending again, he's going to be in that 33, 34 range. Is that too old to be a shortstop? Yeah. I mean, unless you're Brandon Crawford. Yeah. But you solve that by putting him at second base, then, okay. All right. That's, that is creative. He seems to be okay with it. All of a sudden you've got your double play combo for the next, you know, five to six years, probably. Um, 
so yeah, I think that was good job for him to take that one year deal and reestablish his value. I wonder what his market would have been if he had hit free agency after 2019 um, coming from the A's because he did have a, pro a progression that was improve, improve, improve. He wasn't a very good infielder when he first came into the league. And then the A's um, hired Ron Washington to come work with him. And, and, you know, let's look at this thing again. I think he has been, yeah, he, I mean, he won a gold glove at second base last year. So mm. um, his defense has, has improved. Um, but yeah, as far as I, veteran leadership is, is an important aspect of all this because after the Rangers traded Gallo and it's strange to think of Gallo as veteran presence, but he, he kind of was the closest thing that the Rangers had. Um, they traded him. Kyle Gibson was gone. Ian Kennedy was gone. And, and you look around and you're like, who's the, who are the veteran guys on the team? And it's like, Jose Trevino and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I mean, guys who are kiner Falefa is getting his, assuming that you don't count 2020, he's getting his first chance to play a full season as an everyday player. And that's mm. the veteran guy. He's, by, for all intents and purposes, kind of a, a, a little bit of a rookie, even though he's been in the league since 2018. Mm. It's been up and down and he's changing positions. And, you know, now he's finally established. And and that's your veteran guy. Like, so... But, well, okay, so you also had Charlie Culberson and Brock Holt, mm. both of whom were not, I mean, they're kind of career backup guys, honestly. Both of them have had like one year where they were the full-time guys. Um, so yeah, yeah, you had to get somebody in there. And I think Simeon is a great um, a, a, a great person to fill that void. I would not at all be surprised to see them pick up a couple more guys along the ilk of you know, Charlie Culberson or, or Brock Holt, somebody, you know, a utility infielder, or a backup catcher or some more relief pitchers. Um, honestly, the rotation, I think that at this point is where you need to bring in, you got John Gray, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's going to be a, a, a good stabilizing force. I would like to see them pick up one more, not just a veteran guy, but like a good veteran guy. I think we yeah. all know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking about Jordan Lyles. Oh wait, no, he's gone. Bingo. He's He's gone. He's gone to to Baltimore, the home of all former Rangers. Yeah, no, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, if he can be healthy, um, I would love to see the Rangers scoop him up. And if even, the per only personally, to... even if he even if he isn't healthy, I just I just mm -hmm. want him to to be a Ranger for my feelings. Um, and this is this is coming from somebody who was very anti. Like when it looked like he was going to hit free agency a few years ago, I was very much in the don't do not sign Clayton Kershaw camp. His health was a, was an issue. The amount of money you're going to have to pay him to get him here. It's not, you're, you're headed into a rebuild. Don't do it. Bad move. I don't care that he's the hometown guy. It'd be great to watch him pitch every fifth day. It would be a total waste of money. Don't. Um, and I've completely done a 180 because he's going to be cheaper now. First of all, mm -hmm. second of all, you've got, a, you've got so many, so many young starting pitchers. I'm going to leave guys out, but even, of the guys that are just off the top of head, uh, Taylor Hearn, Dane Dunning, you can count Colby Allard, AJ Alexi, Glenn Otto, Cole Wynn's coming, Jack Leiter's coming, Owen White looks like he might be closer than we thought, Ricky Venasco's close. I'm like, just, you know, I just named nine, and I've left out, I'm sure, somebody. That, several. I mean, Ronnie Enriquez. Yes. I mean, there's, there's several. If you can have Clayton Kershaw in that room, just – sort of holding court every day, showing these guys, here's the preparation you have to put in. Here's how much work I'm doing. Here's here's the homework that I'm doing on these opposing hitters. Here's the workout that I'm doing. Like, 
give them an example of somebody who not only is a veteran and has been in the league for a long time, and I mean, credit to Jordan Lyles for staying in the league as long as he has. And he had some moments last year where he was good, but he is, he led the league in home runs allowed or earned runs allowed, maybe both. Um, I pro- probably both. I mean, I don't think anybody topped 38. I mean, Foldy Nevich was close to 35, but yeah. So, so that's great to have a guy in there that goes, this is how you stay in the league for a long time. But to have somebody who has won Cy Young Awards, who has finally, he's won a World Series now. He's been an ace. He's been the best pitcher of his generation at some point. Um, bring him in. Let him show the guys how to be guys. And and honestly, I think you need both. You know, the, the guys that have been naturals are not always the best teachers. So I think you do need somebody who has struggled to stay in the league to go, hey, when you're having a bad day, when you just don't have your stuff, here's how you do it. And I think there's there that's the the role that a Jordan Lyles type player fills. Um, I don't think you even need Clayton Kershaw necessarily like teaching. You, you need him just being there, being Clayton there, Kershaw. Be an example, show the guys what to do, show them how to work. And then have John Gray as the guy that goes yeah, my ERA was over five at some point. You know, like there were there are times when I've struggled. There are times when I don't have everything right. Here's how you. Here's the extra work you need to put in. Um, I think having two of those guys in a rotation, just let the other three filter through until we figure out, you know, Clayton Kershaw retires or John Gray is traded or they're gonna be injuries. We all know that with pitchers, like or or you trade. I don't know. You know it's good to have options, but I I think I have flipped uh, and I'm very much pro. Um, I'm pro Kershaw on the Rangers now. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you on that team because I have been on this team um, since literally forever, um, mm-hmm. and I have wanted him here for the longest time. Because, uh, but I, I really did love having him on the Dodgers so I could watch a Clayton Kershaw start every fifth day with Vin Scully calling his game. Mm-hmm. Now that Vin Scully is no longer nice. there, I would like to see Clayton Kershaw um, pitch uh, throw a baseball with uh, Eric Nadell um, on the call. I think that would every fifth day. I think that would be. Yeah absolutely delightful way for him to end his career for however long he wants to stay here. Um, but you have stayed here um, plenty long, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about all the fun Rangers stuff going on. Levi, where can the fine folks listening to Locked On Rangers find you in all of your work? Homestarrunner.com. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Athletic. Oh my gosh. Uh, theathletic.com, and then just, I don't know, look up Texas Rangers or whatever. I'm you'll find me i'm not hard to find it's i mean the the name is they're not that many levi weavers there was one that was a a professional musician but i don't know if you know that guy there were two there were wait what two yeah when i first started uh music there was a guy from montana that also did acoustic like singer songwriter things (laughs) and then i got on a uh this is 2006 like a long time ago in another life Uh, i got (laughs) open for image and heap on her u.s tour and from time to time, I would just check in on other Levi Weaver's MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> and you could get people going like, oh, I loved you opening for Imogen Heap in St. Louis. And he would have to come in and be like, that's not me. That's the other guy. And pretty soon like, <laughs> he just changed his, like he came up with a band name. You know, sometimes it's solo guys will be like, oh, I'm Bright Eyes now instead of Connor Oberst. Like he had to come up with a band name. Uh, and I kind of, kind of felt bad. But uh, like Highlander, right? Like there can be just, you know, there's only there's only one Levi Weaver um, at three two Ephus on Twitter. Go subscribe to the Athletic. Follow him on Twitter. Um, he is a great follow on Twitter. 
and a great baseball writer. Um, well, we're all bad followers on Twitters. There's no good follows on Twitter, really. I mean, we're all just different levels. The and best follow on bad. Twitter is the deactivate my account button. <laughs> that really is the best option, but it's not one that any of us are going to take anytime soon. Levi, and also Grant Brisby. And Grant Brisby. That's true. That's true. He is he is a good Twitter follow. And um, the island of, of, of Dr. Morneau is, is also a... a oh, yeah great terrible follow um but thank you so much for taking the time thank you guys so much for listening um go again follow me on twitter if you aren't already at bryce pack follow the show at locked on rangers subscribe on youtube or wherever the heck you get your podcast but until next time don't forget to enjoy baseball